The following is a presentation of Main Street Preps, your source for high school sports in Middle Tennessee. Week 11 is here, and that means it's time to talk about the playoffs. Tyler and I are going to break down all of the games where playoff implications are on the line. We're also going to give some observations overall here at the end of the regular season. And we're going to talk to Kane Ridge coach Eddie Woods about his team's progress this season and, and what they're doing to get ready for the playoffs. All that's coming up next on the Main Street Preps podcast. This is the Main Street Preps podcast, covering high school sports all across Middle Tennessee. Here are your hosts, Russell Venozzi. And Tyler Palmatier. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Main Street Preps Podcast. We've been off for a couple weeks here, so we appreciate everybody's patience. Uh, but we are back just in time to talk about the playoffs. And I've got Tyler Palmatier here today with me to, to do that. Tyler, you doing okay? Yeah, doing good, Russell. How about you? Doing well. Hard to believe that this is this is it for a lot of teams this week, Tyler, with the uh, the final week of the regular season. We're going to start kind of separating the, uh, the contenders from everybody else. And there's a bunch of big games this week, several of which are for region titles. A lot of other ones are for number two and uh, in the region, and some of them are just for a spot in general. Um, so let's just run run down some of those real quick. And this is not an exhaustive, exhaustive list by any means, but I think we've got most of them in here. Um, Nashville Christian at DCA, you got to start with that one. Big game this, this Friday uh, out in Hermitage. Then you've got Smith County at East Nashville. Clay County at Gordonsville, Watertown at Trousdale County, Lewis County at Riverside, and Giles County at Cannon County. A lot of counties in there, but those are all for region titles. For number two, you've got Montgomery Central at Pearl Cone, Independence at Ravenwood, Summertown at Cascade, Waverly at Fairview. Tried to combine both those there. Should be a good game, though. Uh, Smyrna at Overton. And then for a spot, you've got Hillsboro at Wilson Central, Whites Creek at East Robertson, and FRA at Good Pasture. Uh, Tyler, do any of those matchups stand out to you as, as ones you're keeping an eye on? Yeah, I, I think Hillsboro's game against Wilson Central is really the, kind of the most fascinating there. And, and really everything that's happened in that region, 5-5A, has been uh, – that's been a fun race. I mean, from start to finish, you had – you know, Station Camp, Green Hill, Mount Juliet, kind of all, I would say, in October, that probably looked like it would be decided between one of those teams, and Green Hill obviously won. Um, but that's a program that's just two years old. So, uh, And then the, kind of the emphatic way they won the, the region was impressive. But then in that same breath, you have Hillsboro. Uh, September 24th, they're sitting there 0-6, and probably none of us were thinking they can make the playoffs. Uh, their win last week, that upset at Mount Juliet, clinched the region title for Green Hill. Now, Green Hill might have gone ahead and just went, won it anyways, but that win alone last week wasn't going to win it for Green Hill. So it's just kind of interesting. Hillsborough gets a big upset, puts itself in contention, gives the region to Green Hill, and now Hillsborough, a once 0-16, uh, if they beat Wilson Central, they're third in the region, and that's the only way they can get in the playoffs. So that's just – uh, some races, Russell, turn out to be really fun like that and interesting. Some are cut and dry. They're done. You know, they were done a couple weeks ago or at least a couple spots or one of them. So uh, that that is always fun to me. Regions like this that just are, it's a little bit wacky, you know, and it's and it was a tight race, one through three, and still it's still going on. Yeah, no, that, and, I, you know, I was going to bring this up too. It is just truly remarkable 
how much can change from the start of the season to the middle part of the season to the end. I mean, and that region is, is a great embodiment of that, about how there have been teams that were undefeated that completely fell off the fell off the table, and then there was teams that, you know, couldn't win, couldn't get a win for anything, and now here they are, Hillsboro. Maybe they'll make a, a playoff run at this point if they can get in. Um, just yeah, very wacky stuff there. And I should also mention all the games that I ran down there were kind of the cut and dry ones for the most part. Um, there there are some more complicated scenarios that would probably take a whole podcast to break down. So. Uh, but but those are kind of the ones if if you're just looking to keep things simple the winner gets one the loser gets two you know winner gets two loser gets three you know just wanted to to keep this to under uh, an hour here so anyways uh, but yeah that that region there with Hillsboro that's just been a fun one fun one to watch for sure and and speaking of that too I, and we're going to talk about this with with Cane Ridge coach Eddie Woods in just a moment but. You know, Metro football has had a pretty good showing, and that's that's been nice to see after everything they went through last year. Um, you know, it was only, I guess, about 13 months ago to the day that they started their season, um, about a month late and missed a lot of games. And then you throw in some COVID cancellations and this and that, and a lot of teams, you know, only played maybe four or five games, and a lot of, in some cases, players transferred away to play somewhere else. So it's just kind of a mess of a season, and, and that definitely seems like it's trickled. Uh, it trickled down this summer and in the early part of the season, but it, but now as we, as we kind of got a full season under their belt, uh, a lot of these teams are rolling and uh, Kane, like Cane Ridge, East Nashville, Overton, Pearl Cone, and Stratford are all going to be in the playoffs. You mentioned Hillsborough, uh, but McGavick and Whites Creek can also join uh, the playoffs as well, de- depending on if they win and maybe get some help this Friday. So uh, overall, what's that like nine, eight or nine teams that, that could be in the playoffs when it's all said and done uh, pretty good showing overall for them. Yeah, and that's sort of, you know, I don't know that there's a, maybe with the exception of Pearl Cone, that there's a, a title contender in there or anything. But, I mean, I think just winning games you're supposed to win and and coming back from that, you're not having much of an offseason. It's just really, that's really painful. Um, and not, you know, different programs that have maybe, I mean, there's there's programs out there that have, means to get through not being able to work out at their school facilities. But, um, you know, a lot of those private schools can make that happen. There's a way, but uh, Metro schools aren't going to have that luxury. So uh, I think for them to come back, really benefit from a full off season and a full season uh, is uh, it's good to see because I, I just think, man, that's a lot of football miss that you mentioned. And that can, that can take a toll. Football is one of those things. I mean, in, what you know in college, it's always a big conversation for just schools making it to a bowl, you know, to get those extra what 10 practices or whatever you get, just preparation and reps. And that's just that's huge for football teams. So it's it seems like the the metro schools have really capitalized on being able to get back on the field. Yeah, absolutely. And it's and best of luck to them this Friday. It'd be great to see you know some of those teams on the cusp make the playoffs because McGavick and White's Creek are two that. Don't have in front of me, but it seems like it's been definitely a few years since they've made the playoffs. So that would be big for those programs. Um, my other big thought, Tyler, is uh, you know switching gears to Division II AAA. Watch out for NBA. These guys are on a roll. Got to see them beat Pope Prep and Innsworth a couple of weeks ago. And uh, then last week they went on the road and beat Baylor. So they have crept, crept back up to number three in the Associated Press poll for Division II AAA. They're kind of nipping at the heels of number one Macaulay, number two Briar Briarcrest, um, and man, it's they open the season with that 
huge blood over Ravenwood, and we're thinking, wow, these guys are going to be world beaters. But then they go on to lose three games to Macaulay, Pearl Cone, and CPA, all by close margins. Um, that's important. And that Macaulay loss was only by three points. And that's the closest that anybody's played Macaulay all season, and they're 8-0. So uh, NBA seems to have found some magic since then, though. They've won five straight games. They traveled to Knox Catholic this week with a chance to um, – well, I guess they still technically have a chance to win the title, but Pope Prep would have to beat Macaulay, and we just don't necessarily see that happening. But either way, NBA is right there in the mix. And um, as one of their players pointed out to me a couple weeks ago, they actually started 1-3 in 2019 as well, turned things around, ended up finishing as the state runner-up to Macaulay. So there's a precedent for this with them. Uh, but, yeah, I just I just don't think you can you can count out NBA, even though it does look like Macaulay is definitely the favorite there in that, in that division. Um Marcel Reed seems to be healthy, and the Big Red are uh, definitely not somebody you want to meet in the playoffs at this point. Yeah, I totally agree. I was going to just tack on and, and and say the same thing. I don't think anybody wants to uh, anything to do with NBA in the playoffs, and so that's going to be an interesting race. Um, you know, kind of since we're, since we're on the private school discussion, I would say I, I think Lipscomb Academy at this point has has pretty much. Uh, separate itself from the pack uh, in division two double a um they, that performance in cpa last week was really impressive I mean, just all the way around i mean that's there were not a whole lot of mistakes on lipscomb's part uh it was kind of a penalty heavy game at first it, but i don't know how much of that was just emotions from it being such a big game as a rematch of that state title game last year but uh i, I don't know that obviously the CPA would disagree, but I don't know that anybody wants any part of Lipscomb outside of CPA. Uh, that's that's a really good football team that's firing on all cylinders. If anything, if there's one worry with them, it, it, is it maybe are they just playing too good right now? I mean, do they have another gear to shift into for the playoffs? Um, and obviously, really only the people in that locker room know that. So uh, that's it, on on the flip side of that. There's the other part of that conversation is what does CPA do? You know, defending state champion loses 38 to nothing at Lipscomb last week. And, um, you know, how does it rebound? And I was asking myself this question. I wonder how much did CPA really show all of its cards offensively last week, knowing that there could be another game against Lipscomb down the road. That's something kind of worth thinking about. I mean, you know, yeah. you, you're playing for the, the top spot in the region and the number one seed, but, um, that's when you're as good as CPA is. Sometimes that's not quite as important as it is to, to some other teams. So, you know, what's the reason to show everything you've got? You don't necessarily have to go all out to win that game, but it'll be interesting to see what CPA does. I mean, they're, they're going to need to, uh, the lines are going to need to have some, some more offensive, some maybe big plays on offense to, to beat Lipscomb again, or else it's going to need to, I mean, it's going to have to fix some things. I mean, CPA turned the ball over four times too. So, um, you're not really going to win a whole lot of games when you do that. So just taking care of the football could change the score of last week. Um, but that's, I mean, that's going to be an interesting one to watch. I, I think what you just mentioned with NBA, though, is is pretty fascinating. I think you've got a, a team that, that could definitely kind of do some damage. I, I don't want to say come from nowhere because everybody knows NBA is good and, and what they can do. But um, I think they're kind of a, they're, so, somehow they're like a sleeper right now, and I don't know how. But they, they're kind of a sleeper. The the biggest sleeper that ever existed, maybe. Um, yeah, right. 
But yeah, so if that's if that's all you got on the playoffs and all that, then we will go ahead and get transition to our coach interview with Kane Ridge, head coach Eddie Woods. Eddie, a lot of teams this week are trying to clinch regions and and playoff spots. You guys did this weeks ago. Um, How do you, in these kind of couple weeks here, after you've kind of already secured where you're going to be at in the region, how do you keep your guys motivated going into the playoffs? We we, we do a lot of self-scouting at this time. Uh, So basically we go back in games and see all the things we did. We did really poorly. The next couple of games after that, try to improve on other things. Uh, I know we got to prove on third down defense and third special teams, so we've just been just been hitting at home and, and, and trying to get that correct before we get to the playoffs. Eddie, something that stuck out to us, I'm sure, to a lot of other people too, you guys were uh, jumped out to a 10 nothing lead on CPA about a month ago, and then one week later uh, you beat Smyrna, and it's kind of been rolling ever since then. Um, how big was that couple-week stretch for you guys to kind of um, really get some positive momentum going for the season? Well, we have six seniors. We're junior and sophomore heavy, so we're just young, you know. Uh, don't understand the killer instinct and uh, don't really understand that you can play with some of the big guys uh, that we play. So we got out 10 now. That didn't surprise us. You know, we had a good game plan, and then we kind of got up. We just started imploding and started being young again. So uh, we obviously we took that to build on, and we took it into Smyrna and wrapped up the region. I think our defense played really well against Smyrna. Um, so, you know, with those things, you know, you just got to just keep growing and keep building. Uh, you you just mentioned it. You, you guys don't have a ton of seniors on this team, but you've got a really good one in in Eric at defensive end. Uh, Eric Gass in the Memphis commit. Um, how have teams tried to block Eric this year? Well, uh, they have given him some attention, but we have a junior on the other side that's pretty good, uh, uh, Jalen Johnson. So um, you know those guys are really stepped it up. I mean, those guys are getting around the edge and 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 getting to the passer better. And Eric obviously is playing the offense for us too, so he's playing a lot of snaps. Jalen is as well, playing playing some H backs and tight end force. But those guys are really starting to get comfortable now and, and uh trying starting to hit their stride and, and hopefully to play dividends in the next couple of weeks. How has how has Eric played on the offensive line? I remember talking to him at the beginning of the season about how he was gonna be doing that. Is he still at uh is he your left tackle and how has that gone? He's playing left tackle, so obviously he's very long, he's athletic, but um he he he. Actually, we was going, we watching the film yesterday. His run blocking has really improved. You know, we know he can pass block pretty well because he's athletic, but his run blocking has uh, really improved the last couple of weeks. And you know, you're gonna need that. You know, going you know, gonna be able to run the ball in, in the playoffs, and uh, we're gonna play a lot of guys in the playoffs. Hopefully, we keep on lasting. That's gonna run the ball. So he's doing a good job at run stopping, a better job at run blocking as well. Yeah, and Eddie, just to get back to talking about you know the young team that you've got. Um, you know, they, they might be young, but there's been plenty of guys that have stepped up and taken on bigger roles. Uh, just a couple that come to mind are quarterback Siobhan Abdullah, uh, running back Malik Campbell, wide receiver Reggie Goodlow, and and the list goes on from there. What do you make of the way that some of these maybe less experienced players uh, have kind of come of age over the course of this season? Well, you kind of said it, you know, just having game experience, you know. Uh, a lot of those guys have been good all their life. And then when you get the, you know, you do, you do little league and then you do middle school and then you get to high school, then you do the same things. You can't, you know, sometimes you got to take hard yards and you can't always break every run. And I was got to start to understand that. Um, so, you know, with them continue to understand and understand how to play within the team in high school and everything matters as far as a, a, a field position standpoint and just not trying to break every run and, and taking losses and things like that. They've gotten much better at doing that. And Reggie is a really ut uh, utility guy. You know, he 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 can play receiver slot for us. He can go in the backfield. He can do a little bit of everything. And 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 those guys are dangerous returners as well. So 
Uh, they're just learning how to play them in the confines of high school and just growing up and returning in that, in that regard. And how healthy are you guys right now as as we get I, – I cannot believe we're at the final week of the regular season, but how how healthy are you guys? Can you give us maybe an update on where you are injury-wise? Yeah, we we lost one of our sophomore guys uh, to a knee injury. Uh, he's one of those utility guys. He and Red used to go in and out the backfield in the slot, so that kind of hurts a bit. But we, we, we have another kid by the name of uh, – Byron Davis that plays corner that, that can play on the offense as well. Uh, but for the most part, we're pretty healthy. We just hate we lost him. And speaking of the end of the season, the playoffs here, you guys are locked into that number one seed in Region 6, uh, 6A, and you guys are going to host the number four seed from Region 5, 6A, which is going to be the loser of that Clarksville-Gallatin game this week. Uh, are you guys looking forward to having the playoffs at home at least for one week and, and possibly longer, uh, depending on how things go? Yeah, we're very much so looking forward to it. You know, this this the this the most normal that we had in two years. We're used to playing playoff games at home, and 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 thank God we don't have to. I'm not saying this reason that we crossed over with is easy by any stretch. Cause you got Beach and Hendersonville and those guys. I used to be in the region with those guys, but we don't have to play the Wichita County region. They, you know, we had some really good teams, and <laughs> and they put us out a few times. But we we actually returned the favor a few times as well. But that was a, yeah, that was fun. Uh, but yeah, just looking forward to having a playoff game, and uh, you know, and, I, and I'm really, I'm really looking forward to the growth and how we show when we get to the playoffs, right? So, uh, I'm letting our guys know only we have to correct some things and we have to build on things, and and uh, we can't, we just got to forget about all the other stuff. It's a new season; everybody's zero and zero, zero and zero. We come in next week. Eddie, when you and I spoke uh, at Cane Ridge a few weeks ago, I didn't know a whole lot about Mose Phillips the third, and he's a, for those who don't know, he's a safety and a receiver that you guys rely on. And uh, he's also the son of uh, Cambridge defensive coordinator, Mose Phillips Jr., who's a former Tennessee Vol. Uh, does Mose look anything like his dad on the field? Do you see any similarities? Um, uh, his dad always say um, that, that he's probably smarter than him, but he's not better than him. So. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's a real cerebral kid. Um, obviously, he, he's taller than his dad, which is good. <laughs> uh, we always want our kids to be a little bit bigger than us, but uh, yeah. But he always gets on the kids about you know he you know he kind of came up in the nineties and eighties, so you know football and the toughness was much different. So he's always on that, especially being defensive coordinator. But um, yeah, he does, he shows similarities. You know, he's very he's very smart. You know, he grows up, he grew up in that household with football and UT and everything like that. So he's very football smart. So that's the biggest similarity I would say. Cause, you know, obviously, dad's a hell of a coach. Uh, but, you know, he's a kid, another kid that's a junior kid that's been coming in just doing a lot for us, and the game is slowing down for him too, and I'm I'm, I'm proud of the way he's progressing. And on the way out here, I know it's been a full year now since um, 2020 season was shortened and uh, for Metro Nashville and just everything that came with that. Um, but now it seems like Metro football is kind of on the rebound here. There's several teams that have already qualified like for the playoffs, including Cane Ridge, of course, uh, Overton, Pearl Cone, and East Nashville. Couple others that could make the playoffs: Hillsboro, McGavick, and White's Creek, uh, depending on how this week goes. So, Eddie, I mean, what do you just kind of make of this season, and, and how grateful are you guys that you know things are kind of uh, turned around here for 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 Metro? Man, we are very grateful. You know, coaches, we we all talk, and, and we know the uphill battle we had, you know, going, going into this year. But those guys are sticking in stride, and they're doing a great job. You know, uh, Overton is much better now. And, and, uh, you know, um, we got a lot of first year coaching. Uh, Coach Burnett at McGavick is doing pretty good. He, he got a chance to, to be in the playoffs as well. So, uh, those guys are doing a really good job, man. And I know how hard it's been firsthand. And, and so I've got it harder than others, but nonetheless, all of us had it pretty hard. But we're, 
we're trying to rebound and, and trying to play some of these teams and, and trying to try to try to even the score again. Hey, well, Eddie, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we appreciate it. Things are about to get um, pretty entertaining real quick, you know, as, as the playoffs get underway. And uh, we wish you guys the best of luck as, as you get underway. All right, it's time to make picks for week 11, some of the top games that we've got going on in the area. First up is Nashville Christian at DCA, and this is for the middle region title there in Division Two single A. Two teams that uh, don't necessarily get the spotlight every week because just the nature of their schedules. But man, this is a this is a big one, and uh, both teams have pretty much run through their competition most of the season. Um, DCA has run through all of its opponents, uh, but I think that's maybe where where the difference is here, Tyler. Nashville Christian has played, in my opinion, uh, a much tougher schedule. They uh, went out and scheduled Good Pasture, Davidson Academy, Battleground Academy, and FRA, um, all Division Two Double A teams. Clearly, uh, clearly a move to kind of beef up their their non-region schedule and and, and to be ready for the postseason. So they've got Josh Strickland at running back, who when I saw him play a couple weeks ago. Uh, Definitely smaller, but shades of Derrick Henry. I mean, this guy was running people over. He was running by people. Just couldn't be tackled, and he's had a huge season. They've also got Deion King in that backfield, um, some playmakers on the outside. It's it's really a, a run first, but somewhat balanced offense. Um, and DCA is is similar. Uh, they they like to run the ball a lot with Ashton Jones, kind of a breakout sophomore running back. Uh, but they've also got a senior quarterback in Bradford Gaines that. Um, they they let that, that they let the run really set up some of those long passing plays downfield. He's been incred, incredibly efficient with with that. So um, I kind of threw my hands up on this one, but with Nashville Christian having played that tougher schedule, maybe been through some tougher tests, I'm going to give them the edge here on the road. Uh, Nashville Christian 38, DCA 35 is my pick. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a tough one to predict. I've got DCA 28-24. I think they're. I, I think that it, they're just in the middle of one of those seasons. Um, and I, I know that the schedule hasn't been quite as difficult, but the way they've disposed of some teams has been really impressive. I've got them. They're going to keep winning. The home field gives them the edge. I've got DCA 28-24. All right, next up is Montgomery Central at Pearl Cone, and this game has been moved to Thursday night. Tyler, what do you got on that one? Yeah, that's uh, well. This is kind of an interesting one. I've got Pearl Cone thirty-one twenty-four, and that is with or without Barryon Brown, uh, who has been nursing an ankle injury for weeks now and didn't play a couple weeks ago when Greenbrier came and played at Pearl Cone. But I think with that week off and then last week they had a bye. Pearl did. I think um, that's probably been good for him. But we don't know his status at the time of this recording. So. But, I mean, goes without saying, they've got to get Barry on Brown back to make a, a playoff run. But the, the reason I've got him at least in this in this game is they're expected to have three offensive line starters that they didn't have a couple weeks ago. Um, and Tyler Galati, Jaron Jackson, and Jaden Jackson. And that's, that's a center, right tackle, and a left guard that <clears throat> was missing from that game. So I think with those guys back, Pearl wins the, the number two seed in that region. They beat Montgomery Central 31-20. All right, yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement on that. Pearl Cone, like I said, has had some up and down moments this year, but, um, man, if they could just get Barry on Brown back for the playoffs, even if he's not ready for this game, um, that, that'd be huge. But, yeah, I've got Pearl Cone taking this one 28-14. And then after that, we've got Waverly at Fairview. Um, 
Man, what a fantastic story this has been for Waverly. They're now 7-1. Their only loss this season was to White House by a couple points at Nissan Stadium in that game that the Titans hosted them since their field was um, destroyed in, in the flooding in Humphreys County earlier this earlier this fall. And this game is for the number two seed in, in Region 6-3A, so um, should be should be a good one. Uh, Fairview's had a solid season as well. Um but I just can't I can't bet against this uh, this this story continuing here. So I, I think Waverly wins it, 42-35, gets the number two seed, and then the question becomes, uh, where are they going to play their playoff game, right? Because you looked into that, and um, we TWSWA rules basically say that the host is responsible for finding the field. So we'll have to see how that shakes out. Yeah, and I would say at this point, I I can't imagine they would have trouble finding a facility. I mean, I, even if somebody doesn't openly offer it up. Yeah, they could go. I think that they'll people will open their arms to Waverly because of everything they've had to go through. But yeah, it will be interesting to see if if it comes to that. Now, true. Yeah. Um, but I'm with you. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna happen. I think Waverly beats Fairview 35-31. I just it has that their season has been a great story. But I'm a, I'm a believer in their team. I think they're. I think they've got good football players. Uh, Jake Dooley at quarterback is is fun player to watch he's a lefty he uh i mean they gave white house such a great game and white house has, has, has looked really good at times this season so um I, I like waverly in this one 35 31 i think the tigers are on a mission i think they lock up second in the region and let's close out with that uh fascinating game that you mentioned earlier at the top of the show hillsborough at wilson central for a spot in the 5a playoffs tyler what do you think about that one yeah i mean it, what they did, um, <clears throat> what Hillsborough did at, at Mount Juliet, not just up, upsetting the Golden Bears, but nearly pitching a shutout that, that last night. The only Mount Juliet touchdown came in the late in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's that's not easy to do against a program like Mount Juliet on the road. Uh, I think the Burroughs, Anthony Brown said the other day, the Burroughs have kind of found something defensively that's that's made them really solid. It's, it's kind of started with their, the play of their outside linebackers and Mikey's Jones on on offense is probably one of the best offensive players that that nobody really talks about much in the area, and that's partly because you know Hillsborough wasn't having a huge season, and maybe you know the offense isn't putting up massive numbers. But he's super athletic. He, he's a problem for people offensively. He can he can play both sides of the ball too, and, and give you a hand anywhere. He's just one of those guys, kind of a plug and play type type guy, uh, who's. You know, got some offers. He's gonna have a chance to play in college somewhere. Um, I've got Hillsborough rallying. They're gonna complete the late season rally. They beat Wilson Central 21-20 to make it into the playoffs. All right, yeah, I'm right there with you on that one as well. I've got Hillsborough 21, Wilson Central 14. Um, yeah, when it, when a team gets on a, a roll like that, it's just it's it's hard to pick against it. So uh, we'll we'll see how that one shakes out. Should be should be a great game and should be a fun week overall. As as all these brackets come together late Friday night and early Saturday morning, and we'll have some clarity on uh, what's going to happen next week for the playoffs. Yeah, it should be exciting. It'll be a uh, it'll be a fun, but late Friday night, I'm sure. Absolutely. Well, thanks to everybody everybody for joining us again this week. Uh, we're sorry that we missed the last couple of weeks, but we will be with you throughout the playoffs. So be sure to check out MainStreetPreps.com for all of our football and also girls soccer state tournament coverage this week. And we will be back with you on the podcast this time next week. 
And thanks again for tuning in. You've been listening to the Main Street Preps Podcast, your source for high school sports in Middle Tennessee, with your hosts, Russell Venozzi and Tyler Palmatier. For more on high school sports in Middle Tennessee, visit MainStreetPreps.com.